0: They came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, and he cried out even more loudly. let me see again jesus said to him go your faith has made you well and immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way here ends our reading my brother lives on a farm it was just a forgotten farmhouse and a dormant, and dormant land when he purchased the property. And over the years, he has cultivated the land, learned about sustainable methods that work with the flow of water across the soil, and plants that support one another, so that now it supports him, his family, and workers who have taken up a common goal. Some years ago, one of the workers decided to try her hand at raising chickens on the farm. Chickens would eat the bugs, a natural insecticide, and fertilize the soil. And because they would be eating organic vegetables as well, they would be healthy, and the eggs they would produce would be more nutritious. My brother doesn't like birds. They creep him out for whatever reason an aversion is created in any of us. Social conditioning, a bad personal experience, an uncharitable portrayal by Hitchcock. (laughs) Even so, he supported the project, tending the chickens, protecting them from harm, building them a shelter and engineering a tractor system for them to go hunting for their bugs. Every time I see those birds, I stand in wonder by my brother's ability to so intimately live with ambivalence. Usually, when the story of Bartimaeus is told, the teaching is so clear that Jesus' inner circle was in the wrong to silence a blind beggar who was calling out for help. This man who was in need, an example of the least of these, ought not be kept last or cast aside, ought not be treated as other. He should have been cared for by the community, and he never should have been in a position of poverty, and certainly not of being shamed. These may all be helpful lessons lessons of justice and truth consistent with what we know about ancient Judaism. And respecting the brilliance of the storytellers, I don't doubt these lessons were all meant to be swirling together, along with an untold number of other possibilities, awakening the hearers to their layered experiences of life. Throughout Jewish history, including when the Gospel of Mark would have been written, the relationship to beggars was complicated. Beggars were not always what they seemed. It was known that, for, that some would feign being blind or lame in order to awaken sympathy in others. They would attempt to disturb people with cries, like the sounds of a bird's piercing call, asking repeatedly, begging, for help. In the Talmudic period, from 70 CE to the 500 or 600s, there are stories of this happening outside of temples and by beggars migrating from place to place, as Bartimaeus might have been along a roadside. And this upset people. Now it was well ingrained within them to care for the poor and the stranger. They were to give 10% of their income to the poor every three years, and an additional percentage annually as well. And at different points in Jewish history, poverty and the existence of beggars waxed and waned. Times of increase in poverty were often linked to systemic oppression. By Rome, in the time of Mark, by anti-Semitic regimes in more recent past, anti-Semitism that continues to exist as we saw yesterday, moments in time when Jews were seen as a threat and not allowed to remain in one place for an extended period of time, periods when they lost their homes and work and well-being. And it has been argued that perhaps in part due to this persecution, caring for the poor was all the more important as they knew it could be them. Even so, sometimes the begging felt out of control. So social programs were created. Money was collected and places were established where the poor could go and get meals and clothing. And this was done in such a way as to respect the dignity of the person experiencing poverty. Rules were established for who could receive alms and who had to give, and in what circumstances. No one was left out of being expected to give. Even those who were poor were expected to give to those who had been given less than them. When people continued to beg from door to door, in front of temples or migrating from place to place, there was mixed response. Some felt they were opting out of the social programs and so should not be given alms. They had their choice. There was continued concern about imposters who were knowingly manipulating people. Others felt it was up to the almsgiver. Even though there were social programs, they could still give as their understanding and feeling led them. And others thought the beggars were providing a service to the people. They were enabling the almsgiver to feel charity. Their pleas for help, even if they weren't really blind or lame, made people feel the gift of empathy. And in some cases, the practice of begging was encouraged and protected. The name Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, is perfect for this complicated relationship to the poor. For Timaeus could mean unclean or highly prized. Bartimaeus, son of the unclean. Bartimaeus, son of the highly prized. Using this kind of play on words was a common literary device in Jewish tradition. The same is true in Hebrew of their use of blessing and curse. They sound almost the same. Challenging our tendency to be satiated with one clear point of view. Is Bartimaeus a genuine, poor, blind beggar, cast off by society, treated as unclean, told to be silent, and yet in truth a son of the highly prized with the ability to see more clearly than others that the son of David was before him? Someone able to foresee what is to come with Jesus' entry into Jerusalem as others begin to identify him as that royal son. A royal son who will also be treated as unclean, lowly, to be mocked and shamed. Or Jesus disciples the ones who were blind, unable to understand even after so many lessons. Is Bartimaeus an imposter? Were the people surrounding Jesus trying to protect Jesus from being manipulated? Maybe the disciples still cared for the poor. Maybe they gave their 10% plus. Maybe they were the ones who were not blind, and their response was more complicated than what we've been taught. Just when we figured it out, Bartimaeus makes us take another look. For me, this story has more truth if the ambivalence is allowed space to exist. Like the chickens on the farm, the ambivalence is still there even as we practice living from a place that honors, that our well-being supports one another. The soil and the water, the plants and the bugs, the chickens and the humans, the beggars and the almsgivers. I like to imagine that if Bartimaeus was an imposter, Jesus knew it and decided to recognize him anyway. For Bartimaeus must have believed enough in Jesus' humanity to cry out in the first place. He must have believed in the possibility that something in him would be awakened, that Jesus' empathy would be engaged through his crying out, whether Bartimaeus was pretending to be blind or not. I like to imagine the conversation being, it's okay if he's trying to manipulate me. He might well be. I'm okay. I'm safe. Call him to me. I'm going to recognize the humanity in him, believing that the humanity in me would care. Bartimaeus, your faith in me, your faith in my humanity, seeing yours, has brought healing. We heal ourselves and one another when we recognize our shared humanity and with sight restored for anyone who might have been in need, as the inner circle by this time has also gotten on board, encouraging the bold spirit Jesus recognized in Bartimaeus as they tell him to take heart. Bartimaeus rises, and together they continue along the way, children of the unclean, children of the highly prized.